flowers fall amid our longing, and weeds spring up amid our antipathy. Nothing lacking, no need for anything added. Yet, at various times, we find we are not at peace, sometimes subtly, sometimes quite intensely. We insist something's lacking, something's not okay, something's extra. Right there we show that we must practice, that there's a need for practice. So practice is most beneficial, most useful, most necessary. When we grab onto stories, our own or others, grab onto habit reactions that are drifting by, arising, passing, or rushing down our life river, popping up in the waves of this life, right here, skillful practice efforts are necessary, needed, and of great value. If we make something of the various waves, then even as they disappear, this leaves traces and eddies, consequences and turmoil. Maybe they even result in us missing this ocean life that we are. To cease holding to fiction, we must notice the holding to fictions. Otherwise, in believing the fictions, holding and feeding them, in this we generate further fictions. We play with fictions, and the fictions aren't just fictions, but they become this ongoing suffering, harming, hate and greed, anger and fear, and all the other variations. This is what we must look at for ourselves in our life, how this is so and what to do. Do we notice this? Can we cease doing what is harming, what is suffering? Cease stressing and thereby cease suffering. This is always this moment opportunity or the refusal to take the opportunity and rather continue the troubling actions and reactions. And we always have this opportunity. When we don't have or don't get what we believe we should, what we believe we need and want, Then we might do all sorts of things. We might scream, yell, get angry, 
act justified in violence, or be sad, depressed, blaming, suffering. We might beat ourselves or beat others, whether in actuality or just in other ways. And some of this, of course, we know leads to violence of all sorts, terrorism and wars, violence in intimate ways and violence in distant ways, different ways. For many of us, The default mode and focus is on thinking about, emoting about, and reacting. And we add on stories about self or other, which makes it ours, our thinking. This makes many life events that are not about us, makes those into a background about my life, me, my. Unfortunately, we often don't notice this, in part because we have this default mode of ongoing self, of me, I, mine. Here are some Interesting examples, just for us to chew on. There's a Sangha member who loves feeding songbirds. However, she has problems with the squirrels who raid and overturn her feeders and all sorts of reactions to them, in addition to trying all sorts of things. Another person in the Sangha loves baby squirrels, feeding them, and unfortunately also complaining about the red hawk, excuse me, the red tail hawk, which comes to swoop down on the squirrels, always seems to be waiting to catch them, kill them, eat them. Each of these is perfectly manifesting this life that we are, that they are. You like songbirds. He likes squirrels. I like hawks. No problems. Except that sometimes this moment arising, passing of light a rising, passing, don't like, when we entangle in this, or even try to have some artificial neutrality, we end up creating and acting out, suffering, harming, and worse. There's no problem if we simply pick a dog in a greyhound race and cheer for that one. We might even bet a little on it and win or lose money. Hopefully, as I said, it's just a small amount that we could afford. But when the race is over and we continue to cheering, gloating, or weeping about it, bemoaning or bragging, 
hating what others got at the race or who they picked, then instead of peace, the dog in our race becomes something that dogs our life. Of course, we all must be able to differentiate appropriately, even between winning and losing. For example, we all know the difference between soapy dishwater, clear, warm miso soup, and cool, freshly pureed gazpacho. If we don't know, please don't invite me to your table for a meal. The practice questions for all of us, whether it's in terms of internal exploration or external discussions is to see do we live and act in appropriate and skillful ways in a civil and compassionate way or do we even notice this when differences and discussions lead to incivility to anger, hatred, violence killing or worse, then we live in and create and perpetuate hell. So for all of us, our practice is to reflect on what happens, what do we do, what, how do we see and manifest appropriate skillful actions, knowing when and what is the right time, the right place, the right amount. The Buddha specifically addresses this, and I'll go specifically to what he says, teaches regarding speech. The Buddha says, right speech can be explained in negative terms of avoiding the four types of harmful speech, lies, divisive speech, harsh speech, and idle chatter. In positive terms, it is speaking in ways that are trustworthy, that are harmonious, are comforting, and are worth taking to heart. And this speech is both in terms of what we speak to others, but must just as importantly is to notice what we say to ourselves. Another way to articulate this teaching of the Buddha and these guidelines is, and again, this is both for external speech, so to speak, and internal speech, is to one notice, is it true? Is it factually so? Is it helpful and beneficial to say this, to go with this? Is it expressed in a kind way, with goodwill and intending the best for all? The all is us and all is everyone else that we share life with. Is it spoken in a gentle way, so that we can listen, so that others can listen and hear. 
And is it spoken at a time when is appropriate? See, something could might not be easy for someone to hear at a certain time, even if it's true and helpful and kind. And we must therefore reflect about if and when to say this. In a way, Dogen sums all this up as I started with the quote from Dogen, I'll end with a little more of that quote. Dogen says, since originally Buddha way goes beyond abundance and scarcity, there are birth, death, delusion, realization, sentient beings, Buddhas. Yet, though it is like this, simply, Flowers fall amid our longing, and weeds spring up amid our antipathy to them. Carrying self forward to confirm myriad dharmas, myriad phenomena, is delusion. When, as the myriad dharmas advancing and confirming our, the self, this is realization. Furthermore, people who attain realization upon realization are there, and people who are deluded within delusion. When Buddhas are truly Buddhas, they don't need to be aware of being Buddhas. And there are actualized Buddhas, and there's further actualizing Buddhahood. Thank you.